Good morning. This is the Lois J. Wetzel Show, and I'm your host and executive producer, Lois Wetzel, coming to you live this morning from Houston, Texas at 9 o'clock a.m. Central Time. I want to remind you to register for Blog Talk Radio. It's free, and if you do that, you can rate my show, mark it as a favorite, or get reminders of upcoming shows. Additionally, we will know that you've been here to listen if you register. My call-in number is 347-945-5309. You can call that number and listen to the show on your phone live, or you can call us using Skype, or you can listen on your computer. I also offer a free email newsletter and have been doing so for about 12 years. It's about metaphysics, spirituality, the coming changes, and the kinds of things we talk about here on this show. I've been sending this out free for 12 years, and to sign up for that, you would go to hotpinklotus.com, and I don't share your email address with anybody. We have the part two of a really amazing show today. It's an interview with... um, Dr. Thornton Streeter, a British scientist who is one of the world's experts on measuring the human energy field, complementary and alternative medicine, and so on. Without any further ado, here he is. Good morning, Dr. Streeter. Morning, morning. Morning from sunny Mississippi, Bay Springs, Mississippi. Isn't the Internet amazing? Because you're out in the boonies in Mississippi, and I'm in the big middle of Houston in Texas. And we can talk to each other on the phone and send it out over the airwaves all over the world. I know. I'm thrilled about it. I'm thrilled about it. In fact, if it wasn't for the Internet, I would really be concerned that people like us who've got a very truthful message for health are being suffocated. Um, I was I'm still a bit jet-lagged. I switched on the television at 3 o'clock this morning, and there was that funny fellow, Kevin Trudeau, who um, I was first introduced years ago when he came out with some natural health book. And he was just saying, you know, Larry King would invite me on the show and the next day it would be cancelled. He just isn't getting exposure to, um, to the media as, as such. Um, and it's a, it's a suppression. I mean, I don't particularly care what he's saying now about getting out of debt and what have you. I'm sure it's wonderful, valuable information that people should listen to. Um, but what's interesting is that once critical mass is achieved, um, you know, in, this, in the way they talk about banks being too big to fail, but also I think information is too big to suppress. Um, and I think if truth really does you know, nibble away in the way that we're doing at um, the ironies, let's say, of, of modern healthcare, then then we really will succeed, and, and hopefully exponentially, because I believe that we have spirit on our side too. I agree, and I also know that this is a ground roots movement, that you can't suppress ground roots mo- movements. The, the movement to complementary and alternative medicine is fueled by people's need for healthy solutions that don't at the same time destroy them like the cancer medications do or any of a number of other medications that you take it to get down your cholesterol and you kill your liver. So by word of mouth is what I'm saying. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I, I think what I'm really getting exposed to is the strategy, of, you know, upon which this type of suppression occurs. Um, for example, at universities, you know, you just won't find a scientist in the top university in the last 10 years or last 20 years, let's say, who's been prepared to look 
at this um, subject. And that's really strange. I mean, how it has come about, as you say, is through grassroots, ground roots work, and people are pushing up through to get to get the work done. But, of course, if you create an, a set of rules that everyone has to fulfill and then you suppress people from even being able to try and fulfill them, then that is a fairly insidious way of um, of stopping things from 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 the truth, you know, really coming out. And I find it so bizarre. And of course, until you realise that um, most governments are actually, uh, you know, being funded by the tax dollars and the, the, the corporation tax dollars from you know the businesses that seem to be promoting health models which don't really help us um you know to be as gentle as possible um and i think that's that's a real concern but uh, but i also feel that the changes that that are taking place with people getting frustrated by you know the current healthcare model you know does drive them into you know, the arms of, of, in a more natural way of doing things. And I think this leads to a bigger argument, which is my concern, is that when the economic tail of the dog, you know, the dog being us, um, is the thing that wags the dog, um, then we really realize we have problems. Um, traditionally, there was, a, a, um, you know, community leaders, you know, the, 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 the grandfathers, the the, 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 the people empowered to, to look after communities, um, health, uh, welfare, um, you know, water. You know, we had a, we had a much more honest um, family community approach. Um, I don't know when the economic model became the top dog, but, um, you know, businessmen don't care about, um, you know, the little guys. They care about profits. And when it's the economic leaders that lead the country, then all the real goodwill and all the real um, integrity and honesty gets washed out because it's all pegged against profits. And I think that's fundamentally where, where what we need to address. Um, and I think it's interesting that we've just had a global financial crisis and yet they seem to have been rewarded uh, for dragging us into um, the madness. Um, on the basis that they were too big to fail. Um, in other words, even though we've seen with our own eyes how awful it can be, um, we, we still can't break the spell. And, and I think, um, you know, we need to keep breaking spells so that people can wake up um, to, you know, much more family-based, community-based reality. Um, certainly, you know, watching people like opera now they seem to have had a sort of level of enlightenment. Um, and, uh, and so this, this truth, this, this, this sense of, of oneness that, that is required for us all to recover from the, you know, the intoxication of, of modern, uh, modern eco economics, um, you know, is being led by people who've got the experience to do it. My only concern, of course, is that... Um, um, these characters like opera get out of the way in the sense that they allow people to have the experience for themselves and not, you know, you got it, but you got it through me. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I think she's opening the door of possibility for people to try things. That's what I perceive anyway. Yeah, um, I yeah. well, I, I, I think she's... Yeah. 
she's had a lot of good influences on her as well, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was kind of blown away when she had a, a show on past lives and people getting past life regressions and readings and so on. I was just pretty shocked, and that was last year. Mm. Now, now there's one front that I did want to talk about this morning, um, if you don't mind, because I know you picked up on a comment that I'd made on Facebook recently about Wikipedia. Um, And I think this is another one of those fronts that that we've been discussing this morning, although it's been quite esoteric. Um, and, And what I mean to say is that, you know, if Wikipedia the encyclopedia of the internet that people go to to find out information about things and we constantly find in any references to natural medicine or energy medicine specifically in healing doctored and then um it seems to be a kind of a you know litigic mafia or something um working to 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 iron out um people's access to this information and um i find that quite strange and I, and i think it would be appropriate for for you and myself and some of your listeners to 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 look into this and to see why and how we can make a more balanced presentation of energy medicine specifically that the types of subjects that that um you know are branded under that name um can can get a fairer hearing. Yes, I had the exact same experience with Wikipedia, which is why I picked up what you'd posted on Facebook. And that is that there's a form of energy medicine that I teach, and several of my practitioners and I put up things on Wikipedia about this form of energy medicine. It's called EDINA, E-D-I-N-A, which is an acronym. Um, mm-hmm. And they kicked it off immediately. It was almost like somebody was waiting to see if someone was going to put something up about alternative medicine. And at the time, the things about even Reiki that's been around for so long, excuse me, having to clear my throat, and is so widely recognized, they put practitioners claim this and claim that. And and it's like they don't even want to know that there are machines that can measure this sort of thing. So who's behind that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, who's doing that? Pharmaceutical companies, I'll bet you money in this country anyway, in the United States, are probably paying people to do that. That's my yeah, guess. Of course they are. Of course they are. Of course they are, and that's why we're lucky. We have a grassroots of people who, who do things because they believe in them and money that comes into it, and therefore spirit is allowed to flow through them because you try, if you try and quantify and monetize spirit, the first thing it's going to do is disappear. Um, and, um, you know, I think, I think that's, that's what we're doing right now. You and I right now are focusing our intent on putting this wrong to right because of its insidious nature. You, it, you know, when you, when, you, when, you, when you have something that you can, you can work against, uh, you can have a strategy. But when it's like an invisible vapor, you don't know where to start. But I think we're realizing the nature of the invisible na- uh, vapor that is being used um, by corporations and so forth to um, reduce the the scope and uh, um, the projection of of um, the work that we're doing 
but I mean, you know, I, I'm certainly not a conspiracy theorist. I don't buy into any of this stuff. Um, I, I see it there. I see it like pathetic spells lying on the side of the road um, that can be busted through with love and joy and hope. And But I also think the people who, um, you know, buy into um, commercial medicine, um, are themselves needing to learn a very important lesson um, and um, it is that you can't just you know pollute the planet um, and uh, you know destroy the, the very fabric of nature um, and then expect you know nature to come and you know hold you in its gentle hands um, you know <laughs> karma uh, means to a certain extent people um, get what they what they have what they've invested and um, you know, I think this allows us maybe to to to, to grow in a new way, more in tune with nature. Um, I mean, a good example, of course, is the um, the the complete transformation in the building and power industries. Um, I think it's amazing that we've had the sun shining on us all this time, and yet we use so little of it to. Um, to create power and um, farmers have known for thousands of years that all they need to do is throw some seeds in the ground and God willing rain uh, falling at the right time the sun will shine and and grow them a bumper crop which they can um, you know live on um, it's taken us a lot longer to realize that same sun can be used for generating power um, but we are now um, originally ironically the the first few solar panel companies that rose up over the horizon um were bought up by oil companies and never seen again but um oh, yeah. now that we've got this now that we've got this grassroots um movement happening on a local scale that's 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 us working you know they can silence one of us but not all of us Right, and that's only if it weren't for the internet, I think we would like you said in the beginning, we would be in a completely different place because at least we can email one another. I can remember twelve years ago beginning my newsletter telling people don't ingest aspartame. It's causing a whole host of problems with the central nervous system. It passes the blood brain barrier. It is stored in the brain, and it's causing a whole host. And they know this in many other countries besides the United States, but to this day they don't admit it in the United States. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's talk about health now because this is why we're here. Um, and as of this morning, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, you know, people talk about breast cancer till they're blue in the face, but there's there's a very clear argument, discussion that's not happening is is why are the rates of breast cancer going up so dramatically, and also why when we know um, there are much safer um, ways of screening the breast, why are we still using such a brutal, old-fashioned system? Um, and and I'd like to address both these issues. The first is that I think that we need to look much more, especially women need to look much more closely at what they put on their bodies. Um, I've heard, and I haven't had a chance to research this, but perhaps it's an opportunity for a new research to, to, to start, that, that it's actually lipstick, ingredients in lipstick that, um, you know, are pushing up the um, breast cancer um, rate. And, of course, one can understand that when you realize that, you know, you put this stuff on your lips and a lot of it you end up swallowing. 
Of course, especially if you eat after you've put on lipstick, which most of us do. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that you know very. I mean, there are companies that actually make um, um, products um, that you know don't have these harmful chemicals in. Um, and I, I'm glad to see them out there in the market. But you know, the the like the natural health practitioners, they're they're pushed and shoved into the, the corner and unduly. Um, you know, investigated by tax authorities. It's, as I said, it's part of that, um, you know, market protection system which uh, seems to be in place in this so-called free market economy. Mm-hmm. And then there are the underwire bras, which cut off lymph mm-hmm. circulation. Those are also considered by many to be one of the causes of breast cancer, but I've got a theory I'm going to run by you. And that is, every time somebody sees breast cancer awareness, they start thinking about breast cancer and more and more people thinking about breast cancer affects the consciousness of the masses and causes breast cancer. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't doubt that that we're all broadcasting fear and um, uh, and concern to each other, and that's why you know, in spite of the discussions that I get drawn into, that I do try and kind of connect with spirit and ground myself personally so that I can say, yeah, but this is all illusion. You know, we can peel this back. We can, you know, we can, we can ground ourselves in the truth and we can shake any of these concerns off. And, of course, the most important thing that an individual can do is, um, is to shine, you know, shine with love and light. And, and in that environment, nothing, nothing can harm you. Um, that may sound a little bit naive, but uh, I know it to be true and I know to share it. So, um, you know, well then we must look at, you know, the current, you know, model for breast screening. And this is why, you know, my business right now, um, because, you know, everyone needs to work, is marketing medical thermal imaging equipment. I feel it's, um, you know, the best way to see what's going on inside the body without causing harm in the process. And, um, you know, I'm glad to see that, um, you know, clinics around the world are starting to wake up to this and, uh, you know, bring this technology, which is totally inexpensive, you know, into their environment. Um, and the statistics are unbelievable. I mean, how can it be that a device, medical thermal imaging, can identify breast cancer six years before a mammogram can, and yet we're still using mammography? I mean, what kind of a racket is suppressing this reality? I don't know. Have you tried selling large numbers of those machines to the companies who sell uh, the mammography machines? Well... Yeah, I mean, in fact, the history of it is is that, again, these companies buy up the medical thermal imaging companies and then close them down. Um, you know, I mean, once, once, you know, whilst you've got a good ticket to run and all your dyes are set to build one machine and all your salesmen to train, you know, <laughs> they'd rather wait. They'd rather wait to change the game. Wow. You know, you, so can't, you can't make... No, no, I don't think so. I don't hmm. think so. 
I mean, I, I mean, I know so. And it's interesting that if you actually go and do a demonstration at a hospital, um, the doctors go, oh, yeah, we've heard about this technology. It's an old-fashioned thing. It didn't prove to work, did it? You know, they've been fed this story that uh, mammography doesn't work. They're brainwashed? Yeah, They're basically. brainwashed. Yeah. And in this country, in medical schools, the pharmaceutical companies pay for the textbooks, pay for the research, and no wonder they've got the the poor guys by the, you know, whatevers. Yeah. There's, they seem to. Well, I mean, my only, my only, my only thought is that um, perhaps this is all a sort of population control device. They just don't want so many elderly people, so they want to try and kill them off before they reach the sixties. They want to get a good <laughs> ten years worth of money out of them. Yeah, I believe that. It sounds kind of simple, yeah. but I do think it's true. Although I'm not sure that the people who are selling machines know this. I think that, that that's knowledge that's held at another level, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm sure, so I'm sure, I'm sure that's you, what's happening. Mm-hmm. Why don't you describe what you're doing in the lab in Boulder? Well, it's funny you say that because actually we've sort of spread our wings quite quite far now in, in Boulder. I mean, I'm not in Boulder right now. We, we ran a really exciting project there with the students, but the work that we're doing now is mostly centered in uh, San Diego, in, um, wow. in and beside the... Yeah. Well, we, I mean, we, we're just going where the response is, and um, yeah. um, you, you, we've got so many small companies in San Diego making things which protect people from electromagnetic pollution, and, you know, we're just finding that's where we need to be. So, um, you know, we've, we've got a great team in Boulder, um, and there's my namesake, Glenn Streeter, a fabulous lady called Lisa Tully, um, who are working really hard to promote, you know, energy medicine technologies. And Lisa particularly is a, is a co-worker on a number of the studies that I've been doing um, with the, the different, um, you know, energy medicine, as I said, protection type companies. Um, you know, what we're concerned about is twofold. One is that they get properly investigated. And if they're not getting a hearsay at the universities, then we need to provide an independent place for them to do their research. But also, um, we don't have, you know, Mickey Mouse um, products that, you know, Joe the Blow has decided to print a hologram on a widget and charge someone 50 bucks and stick it on their phone. So I see myself as not only, a, you know, an investigator and researcher into what does work, but a bit of an energy cop as well, so that we, you know, we don't have these, um, you know, Mickey Mouse products becoming rotten apples that spoil the whole barrel. Yes, that's very important because who's going to believe it it would ever work if they've been, you know, snookered by some snake oil salesman who printed something yeah. in, a sticker, in a sticker that you could have done with your computer. So, um, Yeah, exactly. Thank you. thank you for that. I'm just thinking it's really cool to be in San Diego. That's an awesome place. I love San Diego. <laughs> yeah, well... Well, I mean, if anyone looks up cihs.edu on the Internet, they'll see, um, you know, most wonderful opportunities, post-grad school um, for um, studying energy medicine. And um, they have a subtle energy lab. They have a biophoton counter. And they're equipping themselves with all the different technologies that we work with. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a great place. Um, it's a $10 million facility that was set up by some Japanese um, scientists who 
very keen to see this field addressed properly in America. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an exciting opportunity for, for everybody because um, you can go and study there. Wow. That's awesome. I've never heard of that before. I'm very, yeah, very Californian Institute, California Institute of Human Sciences, it's called. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've got a, um, a lab which is part of that complex, um, running with a guy called Bob Hertz, who's an old name in energy medicine technologies and research. And um, we've got the gas discharge visualization, the medical thermal imaging, the biofield imaging, even the 3D new biofield imaging system. And, um, yeah, and then the ES Tech, which is a fantastic device. And um, I'm glad to see that another safe, non-invasive device is getting more widely accepted, especially here in the States. That's very, very exciting. I, I almost want to buy a plane ticket and go out there and check it out. It's so... Yeah. Well, I... Sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying, I mean, I just feel so empowered now that we don't have... To you know, peacock feathers and tea leaves and and uh, pendulums in our armory. You know, we've actually got technologies which can show people, you know, when you talk about the meridians, what they actually look like and how they function, um, you know, what the relationship is between the lymphatic system and the meridian system and how they feed off each other. Um, you know, we've been dealing for the last 100 years with science, which has been material science, um, and um, and yet physics has brought us a whole new roadmap uh, with quantum physics, and yet it's taken a very long time for people to snap out of the Cartesian mechanical spell, if you like, and go with a more um, fluid awareness of how things can change and metamorphosize and so forth. Um, and although it's a complicated um, um, uh, issue, we've certainly got, you know, leaders in the field like Amit Goswami who who are able to shed light and, and allow us to understand how, you know, we can see more of the iceberg. And um, as I said, with the type of technologies I've helped develop um, and helped see promote, um, you know, we really have, you know, potential to, to create the clarity that's required. Um, you know, you can't win people over to look at something without giving them the tools to look at it. Um, of course, um, it's a slow process, but, um, you know, I think, I think we're, we're getting there. We're definitely getting there. And it's places like CIHS and CBS in Pune and other labs around the world that are, that are starting to, you know, offer a completely alternative way of looking at things. Um, I mean, right now on the news, we've got all this, information about 10% of Americans are depressed. Well, of course, the next that's in the news, and then five minutes later in the ads, you've got these dreadful-looking people, all horribly depressed. Mm-hmm. I mean, not dreadful-looking, they're just obviously feeling dreadful. Um, With dirty and hair. Then this wonderful, and then there's this wonderful drug that um, is going to fix that, whereas we know statistically from studies that exercise um, is eight times more effective than antidepressants. But um, what do you get? You sit in front of the TV, you watch the drug box, um, because that TV is now a drug box. I mean, that is, you know, they say don't sell drugs outside, you know, within 100 feet of a... Of, a, of a, a cigarettes within a hundred feet of a school entrance. Well, unfortunately, now 
you know, we're being marketed um, drugs. And uh, and as I think, you know, we're quite clearly realizing that the governments of the, the, the world are, are the biggest drug dealers, sadly. Yep. So with the machines that, that you have, that you've worked on and that you've mm-hmm. helped develop, that sort of thing, you can measure energy fields outside the body that most people would call an aura, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. yeah, I mean, the aura is a term which describes all the different layers of the energy field. And, of course, you know, we need to start being very specific about what we're, what we're saying is part of the aura because we have several things. One is biophotonic light, so the body is emitting light. Um, we also have heat. Um, we also have... Um, things outside of the visible spectrum in the infrared range and in the ultraviolet range emissions um, which can be recorded by various different devices and when you observe those emissions in totality or separately we see certain patterns um, in the same way that when you check the car's exhaust pipe you can see its emissions you can see the black smoke you can see there's something wrong with the car if it's spitting out water same way with a human being it's much easier for me to see the emissions than it is to sort of cut the body open and look inside. It's much less invasive. Um, I think why, why science has been slow to pick up on this is because of the vested interest involved in all the products that are being promoted which support the old model. Um, and, um, you know, they're going to fight to keep it the way that it is. And I can understand that. But um, as you said, we now have a grassroots movement, which, um, you know, isn't so concerned about that. And I'm glad to to say and observe that, you know, the types of technologies which are really so specific. I mean, the new 3D biofield imaging system allows you to see the the innermost layer, what we call the etheric layer. It's a a glow about an inch around the body. And um, in fact, most people can see this with their own eyes uh, and it's funny i mean i can i mean even right now i'd be happy to do this experiment with your listeners um if you um sit um opposite somebody um in any kind of an environment it can be outside it can be inside i mean if they're sitting in front of a red wall or a red blanket or a red curtain that's even better but um and you just instead of looking at them you with your you know the sense of focusing you just stare and a bit like those 3d posters that we used to get where you see all those dots and then suddenly you can see a dolphin or an om sign or something um we, we, you, you look at this person and then eventually you will see very clearly a white glow around the edge of them um and that is their energy field because you know we talk about clairvoyance as if they're very special people everyone is clairvoyant clairvoyant just means clear seeing um, so it's just a process of allowing your eyes to go out of focus and you look past and through and then you kind of get a sense of seeing, <laughs> which, um, which is clairvoyance. And, um, and I've sat with 30, 40 people regularly and experienced this. We often go out towards the end of the day as the sun's going down and you can see the same glow around trees. And I'm surprised almost all of them can see the basics, but... Some of them, without even knowing it, are actually highly clairvoyant and yet have never consciously been aware of the fact. And just in one day, you can show them that uh, it's something that they can rely on because they can see 
more than that um, etheric layer. They can see information which is in the emotional field because we hold our emotions outside of our bodies in our field. And um, subconsciously people tune into that, whether they're healers or or manipulators and, and play with people's emotions or help them come to terms with them and, and deal with them. And, and depression can be, for example, like a black cloud in the field, and we can see this with that um, biofield imaging technology. Um, and that cloud, like a weather system, stops the sunlight or the love or good energy coming through to them. It clouds them. Um, and uh, it's just ironic to me how far we are from the biochemical model here for dealing with um, 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 you know currently dealing with with mental illness and depression and emotional issues so I'm wondering why there there is light coming from our bodies that most of us cannot see is it because we've blocked it out could we see it when we were children you think no 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 well I mean yes but it's as if you see because we now have things it's all to do with man-made things, this, this issue. Um, when we were tiptoeing around the forest, you know, we had 360 awareness because we were thinking about the bear or the tiger or the lion coming up behind us. Now we don't have any of those issues. We have pavements and door handles and pens and things we need to look at to be careful we don't trip over or, you know, something we need to focus on to switch on the TV or to look at a computer screen. So we've just stopped looking in the way that we used to and we've created a focusing of, of, our, of our eyes and our brains on things. Um, you know, people who live in the nature don't have this. They don't, you know, the tribal people, they don't have this limitation. Um, so all, all it is is a process of, of teaching people that they have other gears of their looking, of seeing, that they can use to see. Um, it's as if they're all stuck in first gear with this plastic, fantastic, um, you know, product-based house and street and you know stuff that we have to deal with um, and that's reduced our sight to a very narrow process if you like of just of just focusing on things yeah and I'm, I also with this energy medicine that I do I, I also work with light that's not in the visible range and people very frequently ask me that question why can't we see that kind of light and I call it etheric light it's not in the Mm-hmm. visible range as we define it but so that that's a really good answer because we learn to focus on objects at such an early age you know these machines that that you've been talking about uh, some of them uh, Harry Oldfield worked on is that correct yeah 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 okay well yeah, Harry Oldfield is one of these real sorry he uh, apparently this summer went to Bosnia and offered to use one of his machines to measure the pyramids that have been discovered in Bosnia, he just kind of showed up and said, would you like me to measure these? And the guy who's in charge, uh, Samir Osmanagic, um, said, yeah. And they've, they were able to measure these, what a lot of people say are just mountains, but actually have pyramids, very ancient pyramids, very big ones inside. And um, they saw specific energetic patterns coming from these mountains 
which indicated that they were not simply mountains because they would compare, okay, here's a mountain and there is the pyramid-shaped mountain and this is how the energy field is different around the pyramid, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah, well, he's definitely, I mean, he started out doing this, you know, I don't even know how many years ago, but I remember he did something called the Dragon Project or was involved in something called the Dragon Project because in England we have a lot of these sacred stone circles and um, he was measuring the stones. I think they're called the Roll Wright stones in Oxfordshire. And they were kicking off some amazing energies. And, you know, perhaps the earth, you know, does have certain places which need to be protected in certain ways or, or um, um, you know, managed in certain ways. And that's why people in the past have spent so much time and effort and, you know, what have you, building, you know, monuments around them or on them. Um, I don't know specifically about these mountains and the pyramids either inside them or, or they are. The, I mean, are you saying that the, the pyramid? I, I don't know this book. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, well, this is someone I've actually worked with. He he has a home here in uh, – he's Bosnian, but he's got a home here in Houston and a business here in Houston, and he's um, he realized that there were – pyramid-shaped mountains in this little valley in Bosnia. If you Google Bosnian pyramids, you'll see him. His name is Samir Osmanagic, and he has a Ph.D. in something having to do with Mayan pyramids. And he is now excavating tunnels in between these mountains with rooms off of them. And these these uh, pyramids have been so, they are so old that they are completely covered with five feet of soil and trees and so on. Right. But if, if you've ever seen pyramids in the Yucatan, which I have 20 years ago or 25 years, mm-hmm. no, 30 years ago, I saw a whole bunch of them, and I recognize a pyramid covered by earth instantly. So when I saw pictures of those, right. I went, yeah, what took them so long? He's now He cannot does not have the funds to take the dirt off these massive pyramids. Besides, they have other buildings considered, like there's a monastery on top of one of them. They, they can't touch it but he is excavating the tunnels in between them. And it's very slow work, but he has volunteers every year from all over the world that come during the summertime and help clear out the tunnels, which were filled with something similar to cement. And I think it was to preserve their shape so that as it went through earth changes, they wouldn't collapse. But off these tunnels, they're finding rooms, huge rooms with swimming pool-type things in them full of water. Wow, wow. Mm -hmm. Fabulous. Um, I mean, I, I myself have, have had a wonderful, you know, history with, with the mystical schools and, and so forth. And, you know, it, it is encouraging to know that, you know, some people have had the foresight to to go within themselves and, you know, to create, um, you know, monastic-type environments to preserve, you know, pure sound and pure thought and pure you know, consciousness, you know, on the basis that, you know, they, they can broadcast that out um, and, and raise the vibration of others. And I think that's effectively what, what, what's being done here. And um, the discovery of this place doesn't surprise me at all. I know of um, a, a, a group that's supposed to live uh, 80 meters under the Caspian Sea in a place called Kaichastvar. And, um, you know, that's another sort of secret brotherhood who, um, uh, you know, retaining the original, you know, sounds and and uh, light frequencies that, that, that 
that are man in his purest form, perhaps. Um, I was taken once to a place, it was a cave temple in a place called Regenstein. This is in East Germany, so um, it's in the Hartz Mountains. And um, this is a sandstone fort, um, which is hewn out of solid rock. And it has something like 12 chambers in it. And in each chamber, they have these funny indentations on the walls. Um, but they're not flat-bottomed, so it's not like a, a, a nook that you would keep a candle in or something because they slope down, but they're different sizes. <clears throat> and what these um, indentations were for, because they were different sizes, was for the practitioners or the priests of that day to practice sound vibrations. This is as words were beginning to develop, so they could get the tone and the sound exactly right, and they'd get a feedback from this specific indentation that they were doing it right. Um, I mean, you know, what is that? It's 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 incredible, incredible that 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 we have a history of of people wanting to find out more, wanting to to explore perfection, and um, and yet not much of it, you know, forgotten, but fortunately being rediscovered by your, you know, clever friend. <laughs> Well, one of the things he discovered when he was studying in um, uh, the Yucatan was that there are certain pyramids that if you make a hand clapping sound at the bottom, the shapes of the steps going up the pyramid create a sound that sounds like a particular bird, like the Quetzal bird, for example, the Q-U-E-T-Z-A-L, which is Quetzalcoatl. I don't know who was named for which, but... Many of those pyramids create specific sounds, and and what he thinks, and I agree, is that the ancients used sound in a way that we still don't understand, and that yeah. um, sound can be used to heal or to access other realms. Yeah, no, absolutely, have, I believe that. That we just haven't a clue about. So my my guess would be there are a lot of underground chambers where people went to create sounds for specific purposes, whether it be healing or accessing um, extra-dimensional beings. I mean, who knows? But we've lost some abilities that I think we're going to rediscover. By the way, he's also found a huge pod inside one of those tunnels that gives off a very strange vibration. And they're still scanning it, trying to figure out what's on the inside. But it's made out of something wow. Well, I'm really... Well, I'm really glad Harry Oldfield's involved because he definitely is the master of these kinds of things and he's got a lot of experience. Um, you know, more recently he's moved away from um, the, the more clinical type devices which I'm using and um, he, he recently developed um, a filter which you can put in front of a normal camera and you can see entities with it. Um, I want one. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have to get you one. Talk more about um, that. What's he saying? Well, it's a grating. It's a kind of a grating which allows um, for light to be broken up prismatically. And um, so if you, I mean, I've got one of these things, but haven't, you know, I'm interested in people when they're still alive, <laughs> helping them um, rather than, you know, when they've crossed over. But, um, you know, there are, there are um, people who are interested in this kind of thing, and, and they are having some, you know, interesting results. Um, certainly, I've seen some of the pictures, and one of the early pictures I, I saw was of a of a woman. Um, um, and when Harry approached her, um, she put her hand, hands up as if to sort of keep back. 
Um, but um, this was all, she wasn't particularly materialized in the pictures. And so <laughs> in true British tradition, he said, okay, well, I'll have a cup of tea. And he sat down and had a cup of tea and slowly coaxed this entity to, to show itself in its, in its full form. And, you know, it's quite clearly a woman with, with long, dark hair and, um, um, you know, even seemed to be wearing a kind of etheric clothing. Um, I mean, I'm sure that aren't us, makes us ask many questions. Um, but, you know, for me, I, I, I take it all in my stride because I know that, you know, true reality needs to be earned. You know, we have to, you know, in, in, in one sense, spirit in its purity protects itself with a blanket screen that people can't pass through until they are as pure themselves. Um, I think that's another way of talking about enlightenment, and um, yes. and so I, I'm quite happy to accept the terrain that that you and I are discussing now, both spiritually and physically, that you know so many of us are um, are unaware of, um, because we're not we're not we're not of pure thought and word and deed, and we um, and spirit protects itself in that way. I call it the cosmic U bend. The cosmic what? You, Ben, you know in a toilet you have that you, oh, like Ben, so the smells like, don't flush back. Yes, or like a pee trap in a sink, it catches junk so it doesn't come back up. Yeah, well, exactly. So I think, I, think there are cosmic, I think there are cosmic you, Ben's protecting spirit. Um, but, um, you know, at any moment we can, we can head in that direction. And, um, you know, the dross within us and around us can fall away and we can, you know, we can seek perfection for ourselves. Um, the journey of health is just a side salad story to that. Um, you know, disease to me is a kind of a mask which allows us to, to, to um, challenge it and take it off um, and, and to see, you know, what's really there. Um, and I think, as you and I are aware, a lot of people are realizing this right now. I mean, there's a sort of mass realization going on. Um, there's a wonderful um, British scientist called Rupert Sheldrake who talks about morphogenic resonance. And um, um, once a certain number of creatures have realized how to do something, then, then they all know how to do it. You were talking earlier about, you know, the, the mass concern about breast cancer feeding back in on itself well i think you know this effect is something that's being played right now in a very base way but you, you know in its higher form it's not something you can just play and it's something that is so much a part of us and and so much a part of our future and our journey um and it's exciting that we are seeing the you know the the initial um you know stages where people are you know resonating with a with a new awareness, and, and as their number increases, so that broadcast, like your radio station, will be, you know, sufficiently tuned to, you know, be picked up by everybody else. And um, and I've always thought that's why monastic communities existed, was to sustain the the base level broadcast of of of, of spirit. Um, but um, you know, now we need more than ever. Um, I talk about you know, mankind rushing like lemmings over the cliff, um, but that there must be something we can do to trip ourselves up, um, um, to fall one degree um, back into a kind of paradise on earth. Um, and that's certainly my, my dream and my hope that, 
you know, a, a, you know, a, a morphogenic resonant group of, of beings, humans, who've, who've realized um, the true nature of man and self, um, will guide us, you know, in, on this, you know, spiritual reality to um, stop that headlong charge to disaster. And, you know, we, we see other planets in our solar system which aren't capable of supporting life, um, and beyond that, we don't know. But our planet is, and I hope we keep it that way. As do I. Um, so, um, I'm wondering how how machines that were created to measure energies coming off people can also measure energies coming off of Pyramids, for example, assuming there's something inside the pyramid to cause a frequency that's different. Well, yeah, I mean, geometry is the basic the basis of things. Um, and the pyramid shape um, is the um, fire element, um, the triangle on its base, and um, and you know, if you go up through the chakras. Um, the base chakra is earth, and then the navel chakra is water, and then the solar plexus is fire. Um, you know, pyramids activate um, that fire energy in us. And ironically, in its base form, that energy is just about personal success and, you know, material gain. But in its highest form, it's something much purer than that. Um, so I think what Harry's doing, I mean, I know what Harry's doing. He's working with technologies that he's perfected um, at looking at the chakras and the human being um, to look at, um, you know, the earth as well. Um, the same is true for Karotkov. Um, he has been working with the GDV, the Kirlian type of device, for um, a number of years. And he's now come up with a new um, system. It's a little satellite system which plugs into the GDV, which is lovingly called the Sputnik, and that is able to record the spiritual atmosphere in a place. Um, I know there was a workshop recently um, which was conducted, and they set up the Sputnik in the room, I think a couple of days before, and just recorded the base level frequencies. And then as the workshop started, and, and thereafter, even after the workshop had happened, there were significant changes in the, um, you know, the frequencies that this machine was recording. Um, I think it's akin to um, the Global Consciousness Project, which is being run by a team of people around the world using random event generators. And, um, you know, I think several occasions they've quoted recently, like Lady Diana's, um, Spencer's death and, you know, 9-11, where, you know, the REGs have all gone crazy, you know, up to six hours or 12 hours before the event happened, as if there was a kind of global precognition you know, an awareness of something about to happen in the same way that creatures are aware um, about earthquakes and tsunamis um, long before, you know, man seems to have, you know, doped out man on his, uh, you know, cocktail of, of chemicals is able to perceive it. So, that's fascinating. Hello? Yes, that's Isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, well, it's, 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 it's great because it means we've now got tools to start measuring, measuring um, uh, you know, quality, the quality of living, the quality of, of space, the quality of our build. Um, you know, in India for many years we've had um, uh, scientists called Vastu scientists, and they come in before the architect and plan the construction and design of your building before you even build it based on, you know, spiritual values. Um, and, um, of course, in the modern world, now we have developers, these economic beasts we were talking about earlier, and their only concern is how much they can make on a square foot of ground. So the first thing, of course, is to build a box and then stack them. Um, and, and that's the most efficient way of monetizing space. But, of course, the harm it does to people is only now beginning to be looked at. Um, you know, it may well be that breast cancer and depression and all these um, conditions that seem to be rampantly growing, you know, is as likely caused by the geometry we submit ourselves to <laughs> uh, as, 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 the, the as the toxins we subject ourselves to as well. Mm-hmm. There was a time when buildings were constructed based on sacred geometry and and the energy that what the effect that has on our bodies is so profound and when we exist in something that's thoughtlessly put together in terms of you know what is what does this geometry do um yeah i agree that's probably one of the huge toxins that's making us all really really sick i'd love to see somebody do research on that well, listen, I mean, if I'm sitting on the seventh floor of a building and I'm depressed, um, it may well be because my energy field goes 15 feet above and 15 feet below that I'm getting mixed up in the poisonous atmosphere that's going up in the, on in the flat upstairs. And I've got yeah. absolutely no connection with it. And that's yeah. why I don't know how to fix it. Well, yeah. and also you're not very oh, grounded def- if you're that high up in the air. It's really hard to remain grounded. Yeah, we were talking about grounding last week, weren't we? Yes, we were. And I've been walking that, I mean, barefoot ever since. <laughs> I mean, Good. Well, I hope, I hope we all do. I hope we all do because it's a wonderful cure of modern society, you know, is to step off the concrete carpet and earth oneself because it allows all that build-up of negative energy to, 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 to go into the earth. And the earth really is designed to take that load and, and, and recycle it. Um, and uh, in turn, you know, allow with the emptying of this congestion through our feet for our crowns to open and for, you know, cosmic healing energy to come in in through our crowns. Uh, otherwise, we're constipated. And we can't allow healing energy in because there's so much, you know, stuckness, so much treacle in, within us. And, and grounding clears that. So it is a very important part of the, the healing process. Um, you know, even if we're willing, if we still have this, I call them the five hooks, actually, um, that, that, you know, where we're, we can't heal ourselves. We seem to be like running on the spot, whatever anyone does to try and help us or whatever we do to try and help ourselves. And these five hooks are fundamental things connected with the five elements, earth, as I was talking about, water, fire, air, and spirit. So if we're not properly grounded, 
you know, we're running on the spot. If we're not drinking water properly, real water, we're running on the spot. If we're not getting emotional warmth and physical warmth, you know, we're running on the spot. If we're not um, breathing, you know, the, the modern chair computer combine is, is a real restrictor of breathing. And we need, to, we need to take time out of our schedule to breathe. I mean, most people are breathing... And God knows what capacity of what they can be doing because they're stuck sitting in a car bent over or stuck sitting in a chair bent over or, um, you know, watching TV. You know, the amount of time we're actually out there in the nature forcing our bodies to breathe deeply has got reduced significantly. Um, and the final one, of course, is spiritual nourishment. Um, you know, if you don't have spiritual nourishment, and of course most young families that I'm aware of have thrown the baby out with the bathwater. They don't go to worship and to celebrate um, in their community anymore because they're fed up with whatever man-made version of it that's been presented locally. And I don't blame them either, but the cost is very high. And, um, and I hope a new breed of, of spiritual leaders comes through on a community level to, to offer a, a palatable, you know, spiritual nourishment. Um, we, we, you know, <laughs> in, yeah. um, in, Indian, um, in Indian philosophy, they talk about different yugnas, which are cycles of time. And this is called Kali Yug right now, which is the, like the Dark Ages. Um, so it isn't surprising to, you know, the spiritual world that, that the earth is the way that it is because it's, you know, it's part of a cycle. But, um, you know, it is all the more important for us to keep the lamps burning so that at least if it's dark, we can see where we're going. <laughs> exactly. Well, we've got two minutes left. And um, is there any parting thought you want to express before we close out? Yeah, well, I'm standing here kicking off my shoes, looking up at the sun with one arm open, and I'm drawing in beautiful cosmic light. And it's coming into my brain, and it's coming into my heart, and I'm pouring it up my left arm into your ear, and I hope you can feel it. Thank you. I can. I can. It's been so delightful talking with you as usual. Thank you so very much for being with me on this show today. Lots of love. Thank you. Goodbye.
hoping on 